0: This podcast is brought to you by the Voinovich School of Leadership and Public Affairs at Ohio University.
1: Hi, everyone, and welcome to Just About Work, where we talk about everything that might have an impact on your career. In this episode, our topic is personal style and what that might mean at work. Our guest is Jordan Stolch founder of Mikado, a personal styling firm. Jordan works with corporate leaders and other professionals who want to enhance their image to feel more confident and put together the best version of themselves. Today she talks about how your wardrobe might affect your professional presence. We discuss whether the old idea of dress for success still matters, particularly if it seems like everybody else is still wearing sweats. And Jordan shares tips to help you show up in your career as your most authentic, powerful, and put-together self. Jordan, today we're going to be talking about personal style and and why it really still matters in a professional world and, and, and how the way we put ourselves together every morning can actually have an impact on our career. I know there's a lot to talk about there, particularly when we haven't been thinking about those things because so many of us have been living in sweats for about a year. But before we get into all that good stuff, I I wonder um, if you could tell us a little bit about your career and how you became an expert on these topics. And and what is it you do when you work? I know you work with a lot of corporations.
0: Can, Can you tell us about all that? Yes, absolutely. So the work that I do is really that I help business leaders and entrepreneurs take the confusion out of what to wear so that they can build a really powerful image. So I am an image strategist, And my entire intention with the work I do is to help people escalate their confidence and operate at a higher level. So basically, they're using clothing to get to that place. For me, everything comes down to confidence and mindset. And you're going to hear me repeat that a lot today. Uh, It's the why, it's the reason that I do what I do, because I truly believe that clothing, when it authentically represents who we are, It allows us to be seen and to feel ourselves in the best way possible. So I don't think I am what you would typically expect of somebody in my industry. I'm not, that's why I don't call myself a stylist too often. Um, I'm not really invested in what's happening in the fashion industry or what are the latest trends, what's going on on social media. What I'm really focused on and what I help my clients with is what I call power dressing. And that is a term that, you know, has been around for a while and it has sometimes some negative connotations that come with it. But for me, what I'm talking about there is this idea of power dressing where when we when we wear the clothing that makes us feel like the very best version of ourselves, it uplifts us. It allows us to look like our most professional, put-together, and capable self so that other people relate to us on that level and we operate on that level. So we embody those clothing, those clothing items. Um, And notice that what I said is that, you know, we're dressing for that part. So we're, uh, we're embodying that part through the clothing that we wear. It's really not coming down to, you know, what's happening in fashion, looking like the most beautiful person. It doesn't have those elements in it. What it's really about is just using clothing to feel like our best and to be perceived as the best we possibly can be perceived as. So you asked about my career and how I came to this place. Um, I used to be in the entertainment industry. And there I would refer to myself as a stylist or a costume designer. I had a big background in um, red carpet styling, celebrity styling, film, television, editorial. Um, and that's a beautiful world, it's very glamorous, but I didn't feel like I was helping. I didn't feel like I was serving people. I didn't feel like you know my why, my reasoning, my what am I here to do? I didn't feel like I was helping create a transformation for people. And so I took that work that I was doing there and I segued into helping everyday people like you and I to choose clothing that really represented them, that they felt their best in, and that when other people met them, they understood all of the strengths they brought to the table through that confidence and that really pulled together image. So that's kind of it in a nutshell. Well, to me, it makes a lot of sense
1: I am, I'm an executive coach and I do workshops and things like that and work with a lot of individual professionals. And I find that um, a lot of them push back if I raise the topic Mm -hmm. of something like personal style. I work with a lot of lawyers and people like that Mm -hmm. who might think concerns like that are trivial. But my thinking has been that there are only so many things that you can control in your career. And you might as well be aware what are the things that you can control and then make a conscious choice about whether you want to put the energy into controlling it. But do you find that when you're going in, say to a corporation or something and talking about this, that you you get pushback from people who think it's a trivial topic or it's not appropriate in a corporation or anything like that? Absolutely. I get
0: so much pushback on this. Um, I think especially In today's climate, where not necessarily in the work from home climate, but even in the very business casual climate, uh, you know, where people now are dressing in a really relaxed way at work, I get a lot of pushback. And what it often comes down to is that, yes, it's trivial, as you said, and that perhaps there's a superficiality to it and that people often feel like their skills and their experience and everything else they bring to the table should be enough. And what I say is that while it is enough, we have control, as you said, over that other piece. So there's something that I like to talk about, which is the difference between dressing with intentionality and dressing at random. And when we dress with intentionality, we're trying to create a message through the way that we dress. And that is one element in our career that we can control, as you said. So if we can be really strategic and intentional with those external components, then there's a narrative that we can craft, that we can use to our advantage that allows us then To put all of those other elements, those internal elements, like our experience, our skills, our personality, and everything else we bring to the table, it allows us to showcase that to the best of its ability. But using it's like our personal marketing campaign. Using that external piece to market ourselves as that person that we want to be seen as is the role that clothing plays there. And there's two elements that come into that. And that's, I would love to chat with you to see what you think about this, but this is self-perception and then impression. So clothing plays two major roles in everyday life, but specifically in professional life. It plays a role in how we see ourselves and how other people see us. And I imagine in your line of work that you've seen that as well. And I would love to go into that a little bit. If yeah, you Now. I, I'd love to talk about that a little bit from
1: time to time um, because this is, it's a theme that has, uh, I, I bump into again and again, from time to time, I, I try to look at the academic research and yes. and see what are the studies about the impact of dress on, on professional life. And yeah. the studies are really um, ambiguous. I, yeah. But I think you uh, used one of the, um, important words, intentionality. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's not what you're wearing as the intention that you have when you put together the look. One of the studies was with academics and professors who went to kind of formal conventions of professors tended to wear sport coats. But some of the more confident ones in this study, were actually in jeans and a T shirt, and they tended to be the more successful one. And the thinking is that maybe they are putting themselves that in that role as a power play because they're so competent and famous that they can wear a T shirt. Right. So it's in, it's the intention you have sometimes um, mm-hmm. that uh, that that really matters. And an, another thing that the the research shows um, that is pretty clear. Uh, and you just uh, alluded this too, is that even though what you wear may not impact the way other people uh, respond to you, the research says, it makes a big difference in how you feel about yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's the important thing. It's how it impacts you, right?
0: Absolutely. It's most certainly how it impacts you. I would you know, I would question some of that research to an extent, and I think it's difficult because it's, it is so limited. Um, so often we have to go on more anecdotal experience. Yeah. But I think perhaps there are situations like those men where that was the case. But I also think there's a lot of other examples of when that's not the case. And what I like to educate my clients on here is this idea of cognitive dissonance. So cognitive dissonance means that we cannot hold two conflicting thoughts at one time. And so how we use this in the workplace is that if I am to meet somebody who maybe is not that executive, who I already know who came into that conference, dressed very casually, and he had already established himself in that way, If I am meeting somebody who perhaps is going to manage a major portfolio of money for me, and they come into that and they look sloppy and disheveled. And perhaps I can tell that they haven't put much intentionality into the way that they're presenting themselves. Cognitive dissonance would say that I can't both see them as somebody who is sloppy in the way that they present themselves, but meticulous in the way that they do their work. That's what often comes into play with a first impression. And so we can cultivate that narrative there by showing ourselves or presenting ourselves as that very meticulous and put together person. Again, I want to underscore here that it's not coming back to we need to present ourselves as the best dressed person, but we need to present ourselves as that opportunity calls on us to present ourselves if that makes sense. And I don't know if you would agree with that or not, but I think we aren't all in the position that those men possibly were in that study, that they have the opportunity to make that choice. A lot of us, when we're coming up in our careers, we don't have that space. So if we are wanting to create a fantastic impression on other people, maybe we are just starting out or we're just moving up using something like the way we present ourselves on the outside it can be a game changer for us that gets us into the room or that puts us in front of clients because they see this person has really polished themselves and therefore their work must be polished as well.
1: I, I think what you're saying makes sense. And, and the, the context that um, I might think about it sometimes is when a person is in a job interview or maybe they're pitching a client or they're um, they're giving a speech that's for some reason important. How they style themselves that day matters. Not that that means you have to dress up if it's a, if it's a, a, say a a retreat where everybody's sitting around outside, but you need to look like you thought about what you were putting on that morning and you were able to successfully do Mm -hmm. it. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: If, if, if you're your clothes are wrinkled or torn or they don't look good together or, you know, somehow you look disheveled or discombobulated, yes. it it could um, transmit one of two messages. One of them is that you just can't get it together, like you exactly. were talking about the finance mm-hmm. person, mm-hmm. Um, or that you don't respect the audience, that it's not worth your effort. So, exactly. So, one thing is maybe to set your intention. You know, I want to look put mm-hmm. together and confident and then pick your clothes accordingly. So, maybe you start with the intention sometime.
0: Absolutely. That is where I start with my clients. So, we start with the message. You know, the message for a lot of people, it's not just I want to look beautiful. That's not the message. It's, you know, do I want to look approachable, professional, sophisticated? classic whatever the adjectives might be and we start with the message and then you're building the clothing choices around that and i loved that example you used because what the ideal outcome of somebody let's say at that retreat would be is that i almost don't even notice the clothing so when you do it properly it's like it's not that I want to look to you and see wow that's a really well-dressed woman or where does she shop you know it's not about that it's that you align with the expectation of somebody that i would expect to see in that position you look very put together um so it's almost subconscious i just now i'm relating to you as i expected to relate to somebody in that position But when you're coming in with the disheveled or the sloppy, as you mentioned, that's when it's on my radar and that's when I'm going to miss everything that you're talking about Mm -hmm. because all I'm thinking about is why did he come that way or why did he think it was you know, all right to not take this seriously and present himself in that way? So
1: I think we're in agreement that you start with an intention that's sort of... um, Uh, it works well with your brand and uh, your intention is something like, I'm going to look confident and I'm going to focus right on into the work or something like that. You start with your professional intention. So let's say um, we've got listeners out there who want to do that, but it's so perplexing these days for a lot of people because we've been working from home for a year. Um, We don't know, um, a lot of people aren't ever going to go back to the old-fashioned kind of office, and mm-hmm. uh, and we're maybe doing a lot of um, Zoom calls and things like that now. So for now, for people who are showing up on a camera, does, does what you wear or how you put yourself together, how you groom yourself, matter
0: for meetings that are virtual? I love this question, um, and I think that self-perception and impressions on other people don't change whether it's in person or virtual i think what we want to take into account here is just scaling it down so i've been telling my clients to level down maybe two levels so if they were in an office that was pretty strictly business casual perhaps they were you know a man was wearing a jacket and shirt perhaps a tie a woman was wearing a dress let's bring that down a couple notches. Um, maybe for the man it's a cardigan and a button-down shirt and the woman it's a blouse. But for a lot of other people, there were they were previously working in offices that were very casual already. So I almost feel like now as they go home, there's this permission to work in their pajamas or, you know, have it be really casual there. And I remind them that, as I said, the The self-perception and the impression piece do not change even though you're in a different environment. So what I would recommend to people is that if they are finding themselves in that second camp of wanting to just be really casual and not caring about it, I would reserve a separate wardrobe, even if it's, you know, five to seven pieces that they only wear for work. They only wear it for working hours. When they go on Zoom, they put that on. And those are the clothes that get them into the mindset of, I feel ready to produce. I'm productive. I'm attentive. I'm ready to do my job. Those clothes help them embody that person. And then when it's five o'clock or wherever, whenever they're done, they take it off. Um, because again, it's, a, it is a mindset piece and mm-hmm. we spoke briefly before about the self-perception or what it feels like to have on clothes that make us feel good. But there's also another piece of wearing clothes that make us feel like we are doing that job. And that's why I will often advise people to have separate clothing that they wear at home. That's just reserved for work. That That's a
1: good idea. Now, say I want to up my, um, virtual style here I certainly haven't done much shopping lately um, I guess I have um, a couple of questions one is about how to do the shopping but first let's get to um, what I pick out are there are there styles and colors that mm-hmm. seem to work
0: well uh, on a camera yeah so there are and there aren't so I I would push towards if you are apprehensive or not sure what's going to work best. I push towards neutrals or something that's not too busy with a pattern. Uh, What's challenging on camera is that we have this tight frame around your top, the top part of your body, and then we have your background. So we're seeing everything on this small screen in front of us in a way that if you were in person, we wouldn't need to think about how the colors blend into the background, if that makes sense. So yeah. colors that are going to work the best are obviously going to be your neutrals. Um, and then if we're going into bolder colors, I would just be conscious of your surroundings. So what's around you? Because again, the whole point of your clothing is to be subconscious. It's just to be when you come up on that screen, I see, Wow, there is... Bev, the woman I expected, she looks very presentable and put together. Um, And I don't wanna be distracted by whatever it is you're wearing and not listening to what you're saying. So I would avoid anything that's really bright if your background is also bright. I would avoid uh, strong prints or definitely lines because what that does is it's called strobing in television. So you don't want to, lines on a shirt will kind of blend on the camera's lens. So we want to avoid that. But otherwise, you know, it's pretty open-ended. I think just less is more. We'll be back with Bev after this brief message. Ready to advance your career while accommodating your busy schedule? Central Ohio's only Executive Master of Public Administration program for working professionals can help you. It's conducted by the Ohio University Voinovich School of Leadership and Public Affairs at the new Ohio-Dublin Center campus. It's affordable and meets just three weekends per semester. No GRE is required for admission. For more information, visit oempa.ohio.edu.
1: Let's think of us all who've been working from home or, you know, working in offices where there are just no people around. And and now, hopefully, we're going to be getting back to something that looks a little more normal sometime soon. Uh, and yet, um, our old shopping habits um, are not so easy anymore. We're still probably doing shopping online. I, I really have not been buying much in the way of clothes for the last year. I suspect, though, that um, just looking how other um, areas of consumerism have evolved, there are a lot of new vendors out there. There are different systems. Do you have any suggestions about uh, good ways to get started if you want to kind of up your wardrobe a little bit as we, as we move toward the new
0: normal? Yeah. Well, I will preface it by saying that online shopping is hard. So I think that people need to give themselves permission to acknowledge that it is going, it's more difficult. Things online look one way, and when they arrive, they look another way. And a lot of my clients will feel really defeated when something comes in and it doesn't fit them properly or it doesn't look the way they expected. So I think go in knowing that it is harder, first of all. Second of all, because it's harder, bring in more options than you think you might need. So a lot of times the mistake that people will make when they're shopping online, especially for work clothes that sometimes are a little bit more challenging to fit is that they'll just order one and then it arrives and it's the wrong size. And now they're frustrated and they don't want to order another one or, you know, there's just it's a much more challenging experience for them so they end up with nothing so the second thing I would say would just be order multiple sizes if it is one from one of these new brands that's popping up during this time that you've never shopped from before and you don't know how they size or how they fit order two sizes and maybe order two options because having more choice leads to more successful outcomes and that's one of the biggest things that kind of Shocks people, I think, when they're working with a stylist that they are needing to see, oh, wow, I actually need to try in a lot more clothes Mm -hmm. to find great clothes that work for me. And then the last, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead yourself. I was going to say the last piece I would focus on would be what we spoke about briefly before. If you're just starting your journey into developing your power image or developing a really strong professional wardrobe, Mm -hmm. start with that piece of your messaging. What is the message you want to convey? Get very clear on that. And then start to find real world examples of that. And that can be, you know, the internet is flooded with photos and references and ideas of what we can recreate. So start to find people online who embody that image that you want to embody yourself. And then when you need some guidance of what to look for, you can reference those kind of ideas like, I see this one particular woman looks very polished and professional and elevated. Let me pull some ideas from what she's doing and try that myself until I can adapt that style and make it my own.
1: So I noticed, um, and I may not recollect this correctly, but when I was um, first communicating with you, and I'll tell our listeners that we've gone back and forth a, a, a mm-hmm. good bit, but mm-hmm. we met online. And so yeah. I, uh, checked you out, I looked you up and so forth. And I saw your, um, the first photo I saw you were wearing like a brown blazer, I think, and maybe a cream shirt. And I thought, oh, she looks like a lawyer. And so I I thought, um, all right, this is a different kind of stylist. I was afraid I'd get somebody who would, um, I don't know, be getting ready to send us back to the bars, but you, um, sort of transmitted what, um, you were just talking about here, if you're going to be talking to professionals and so forth, you put yourself together in a way that wasn't flashy. And it instantly gave me the idea that, ah, this is a person who's used to working with professionals. And now I'm understanding how that was very intentional, right?
0: Yes, absolutely. And thank you for saying that. And that's absolutely the point of all of this. So it is not that clothing defines you. It is not that you're what you bring to the table doesn't matter and that this overshadows it. It is that we want to present that image that opens the conversation, that somebody sees it and says, yes, this is the person that I'm looking for for that. And then once I'm in the room, then you get to you know, share all the wealth of knowledge that you have but aligning with that expectation initially is so key. And I think for people who are working from home right now, who might, your listeners, who might want to start dabbling in this a little bit, um, it is easier than they think that it can be. it's just really getting clear on what is that message? How do I want to be perceived? And then how do I start putting some things together that are already in my closet or getting ideas that might help me start my journey? All right, now I've got a, a different kind of question for you. I, I think that um, yeah. uh,
1: a, a lot of us are sort of um, uncomfortable with ideas of dress codes and things like that because we know yeah. and we're much more aware that clothes are important. And so over the over the centuries, people have used them as instruments of control, particularly women mm-hmm. have been limited in what we can wear. And, and these days, um people sometimes are trying to control when they have rules about hairstyles like dreadlocks or they have uh, gender uh, requirements that, you know, kind of limit people's options. So we're kind of creeped out by anything that feels like a a dress code. And yet leaders and mentors are often um, concerned because maybe they have a young person who's, 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 Uh, idea of casual dress is like way beyond uh, what the workplace finds comfortable, but they Mm -hmm. don't want to say anything because uh, addressing the issue of clothing is, is creepy. Um, So do you have advice when you're talking to professionals and uh, corporate leaders and so forth and how you talk about the importance
0: of presenting
1: yourself in a, in a, in a business setting?
0: Yeah, this is a really tough one. It's a tough conversation, and it comes up all the time. And you just hit the nail on the head here. Uh, what I I even struggle talking about it here because you have to be so careful of your wording around this type of topic. Um, what I advise people to do is to be as open and communicative and transparent around this topic as possible. So if there are, if this is a conversation that needs to be had on your team, I invite people to have it in the most honest way possible because I find that when we start to try to beat around the bush or have it in an indirect way, uh, we're, it doesn't go as well that way. Yeah. So you know, when we can address it head on, especially in these types of work environments where a rigid dress code is still the norm, and that is a lot of places, we need to be direct about that but what i do have people do is kind of shift kind of shift the conversation and let's see if there's a way we can use it to our advantage so i talk about confirmation bias a lot and that's something that comes up often in the workplace and you know confirmation bias is what we spoke about previously with aligning with expectations, but I will have a mentor or a leader speak with their team about confirmation bias and how we can use it to our advantage. So if I'm in a workplace and you know I'm trying to gain momentum, I'm trying to work my way up, and I know that the people who are succeeding are the people that are presenting themselves in this way that are the people that are adhering to that dress code and looking the way that is expected uh, in my line of work, then I will advise other people, let's find a way to adhere to this dress code to the best of my abilities, understand that this might not be a place for my personal style to the full extent as I would outside of work, and really play into that, use it so that I can look like the person who also moves my way up in that company and leverage that opportunity for bigger opportunities in my career. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It's just, it's very hard to talk about. And I think when we can, when we acknowledge this is hard to talk about. But this is, rea- this is reality and this is a big element in our career because we don't want to be looked over simply for that factor that we aren't fitting into the confirmation bias of perhaps what somebody may have who's hiring in that field or who's promoting in that field or the client who's looking for somebody in that field and perhaps overlooked you because you didn't align with what they expected of somebody who would be managing their account, let's say. So one of the things that I sometimes do um,
1: with clients is um, ask them to think about somebody that they admire, that that they'd like to use as a model. And then I go through a whole list of things, you know, the speech patterns, and do they come to meetings on time? And, you know, just have a whole big, long list. And how they dress is just kind of one of the things on the list. But a way to get people to look at, their role models analytically and then kind of learn from from just seeing the, the folks that are around them. I love, I love that. Well, we're running out of time. This is such an interesting mm-hmm. conversation for me. Yeah. I uh, feel like I could talk for a while, but I, I know we're running out of time. But I, I just have a, a, a final question. Let's say we have a listener out there who's now inspired to just make a few... Modest purchases to kind of up their game and build their yeah. confidence as they're thinking about, um, you know, the next few months of work where there still might be a lot of transition going on. Do you have any like last tips for a professional look if people don't want to spend a lot of money but just want to, you know, kind of pump things up a little bit?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think the great news is that you don't need to, need to spend a lot of money to achieve this. The goal here is to invest in basics or to have basic to have basics already. So you can even start by shopping your closet, looking at what's already there, and then focusing on the basics. When we're starting to add new, we're not looking to add flashy, trendy, any of these kind of pieces. We're looking to add a few key pieces that A, fit us well. Fit is huge. That's what's going to make you look very presentable. So things that fit us well that we feel really good in and that align with that message that we originally created. So if we can think about it from a less is more perspective, uh, we can start there and then we can gradually add things as time goes on. A lot of people
1: already... have. Sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna say, I I think that's great advice. Um, You know, just kind of um, start With the basics and
0: uh, then know that you can keep on building. Exactly. A lot of people are already going to have pieces in their closet. So go into your closet, look at what's there. My biggest advice to everybody is get rid of the stuff that does not feel good when you wear it. Because that is so evident in the way that you carry yourself. Yeah. Yeah. when you're wearing something that you don't feel good in. Um, So nobody, it doesn't matter if you spent money on it, if your sister gave it to you, if you've had it forever, if it doesn't make you feel good, stop wearing it. So that would be the main one. Look at what's in your closet that does make you feel good, focus on that, and then slowly over time, just investing in basics, things that are always gonna work for you, that always look professional, that stand the test of time, just classic styling, and you really don't need that much. All right, that is,
1: um, I think, a good way. Uh, I feel inspired to go in my
0: closet Mm -hmm. and get rid of some things today. And And you have beautiful styles. I don't think you need help in this department. Well, thank
1: you so much for joining Mm -hmm. me. I've uh, I've loved getting to know you, Jordan, and uh, I uh, appreciate you uh,
0: being with me today. Me too. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure to be here. Today we've been talking with
1: personal stylist Jordan Stolch about how to show up as your most confident self at work. This podcast is produced by WOUB Public Media. Adam Rich is our audio engineer. I'm your host, Bev Jones, author of Think Like an Entrepreneur, Act Like a CEO. Today's tip is that your personal style The way you dress and present yourself is one of those things that you can control, so it makes sense to be intentional when you put together your look. Thank you so much for joining us, and I'd love to hear your comments or suggestions. You can email me at beverlyejones at me.com.